Welcome to the SMC 2021 podcast. What if God wanted to do something new in your life? This is your fresh start. What's up, everyone? I'm Blake Perry, and I work with Stumo at the University of Central Arkansas. And I want to tell you one thing that you can't do in heaven. I've been following Christ for close to five years. I've been working with Sumo for close to two years. And coming to Christ for me probably looked a lot similar to you. I grew up in a, you know, in a good family. Uh, I grew up in church. I went to the youth groups and church camps throughout my entire childhood. But when you looked at my life, you didn't see anything different from me or really anyone else. And that continued through high school and really into college. And that's when things ramped up. The party, the girls, the drugs, the alcohol consumed my life. And it wasn't until the fall of my sophomore year that I met a guy who pursued a friendship with me. And in my 19 years of growing up in the church, he was the first guy to ever sit down and share the gospel clearly and personally with me. It it really blew me away. And and right after realizing my need for Christ, I immediately started following Jesus and pursuing a relationship with him. I ended up growing in my faith throughout the rest of the school year and going to Kaleo, uh, which is a discipleship program that Sumo puts on. And that's where I learned the basics of growing in my faith and how to lead other guys spiritually. And I remember vividly that we had a we had a worship night and the guy was speaking. I forgot who it was, but he was speaking about eternal perspective and trying to persuade us to live the rest of our lives fixed on eternity and fixed on making Christ known. And one of the coolest things he said, I still remember it today. I didn't know it back then, but it was actually a title of a book. And he said, there's one thing that you can't do in heaven. There's one thing. One thing you can't do in heaven is bring lost people with you. You can't share the gospel in heaven. When you get to heaven, you'll you'll no longer be able to share the gospel with that lost guy that you see every day. You'll no longer be able to share the gospel with your mom or your dad or your neighbor. And oh my gosh, right after hearing that talk, I was I was really blown away. I was on fire to share my faith now. I was fixed on eternity and and I haven't done it yet. I had, I had just been at Clay. I haven't been back on campus to share my faith. But, man, I was motivated and ready to go, uh, just waiting to get back on campus. So fast forward to campus. It's after Kaleo. I'm living with a purpose and a vision to share the gospel. And, you know, I see lost guys. Um, I want to see lost guys begin to follow Jesus. And so I decided to join a fraternity. Um, and during the process, I meet a guy named Bryce. And I become friends with Bryce. And y'all, I am like at this point, I am fired up about sharing my faith. I'll never forget the day when me and Bryce were hanging out. And I've been hanging out with Bryce for a few weeks or so. So I have a decent relationship with him. And this point in my head, I'm like, man, I've got to share my faith with him. I was trying to get into it. You know, I was trying to ask questions. You know how it goes. Like, I was asking him about his background spiritually and if he had gone to church. And I was like, hey, man, did you, did you grow up in church? Like, did you like it? And. He kind of paused for a second and he turns to me and goes, man, not really. You know, my mom used to make me get up for church. So what I would do is I'd lock the door and pretend like I was sleeping. So I actually didn't like church at all. And y'all remember, I'm a young believer at this point, And that answer threw me for a loop. Like, what do I say to that? I can't say anything to that. 
I was fresh into doing this. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, man, I changed the subject. I was, I was, I realized something in that moment. I mean, I realized sharing your faith is scary. Sharing your faith is intimidating. I was like a deer in the headlights. I was scared. I'll admit it. I couldn't do it. I, I backed out like a chicken. I mean, the more I grew in my faith, the more I realized a lot of people are actually scared to share their faith. It's actually common. I mean, if you've ever experienced intimidation or fear of sharing your faith, man, you are not alone. You're just not alone. Check out um, these stats. 80% of Christians don't share their faith. 80%. That's, that's, that's insane. Because that stat is true, this one is true. 95% of Christians have never led someone to faith in Christ. Y'all answer this question. What holds you back from sharing your faith with friends and family? You might have listened to some fears there. Um, man, I, I, I have fears as well. And uh, what holds me back is, is fear of rejection. Making the situation awkward. Or feeling like they could feel judged by me or feel like I'm better than them. Regardless of your fears, though, you are not alone. Like these stats say, you are not alone. Isn't that crazy, though? Those stats are insane. 80% of Christians that don't share their faith. Man, fear is really paralyzing Christians around the, around the globe. But what can we do to fight this? Like, how can we practically push our fears aside and share the gospel with the people around us? In order for us to do this, we're going to have to have a deep conviction for sharing the gospel. It's going to have to run deep. We will have to know our why. So I'm going to give you three whys or three reasons we should share our faith. Three reasons why we should share our faith. Number one, growth. Growth. It grows you. When you share the gospel with people, it grows you. It can grow you in your own faith. When I started sharing my faith, I was sharing with a guy named Brad. I'll never forget. This is like one of the first times I shared the gospel. And I'm walking through how Jesus died for all of our sins. And man, he asked me, he said, Blake, if, if God is so good and sent his son to die for us, why does a good God allow bad things to happen? And remember, I was young and I did not know much. So I told him I, I actually didn't know. But guess what? I went and I found the answer. I had to go and I found more about God's character. I understood that he was just and that he was good. And, and that forced me to, um, to grow in my faith. When you share your faith, you're going to get hard questions. You may be faced with things that you've never dealt with before. But all of this grows you like nothing else. And in, this, in those hard moments, God said he's going to be with you. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 actually, he says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Even when we are weak, when we don't know what to say, God is sufficient. When we have to rely on him, he is at his greatest. His power is made perfect when this takes place. So reason number one, we should share our faith is because it grows us. Number two, it's a win. Number two, it's a win. What do you mean by this point, Blake? I mean that no matter what, when you share your faith, it's a win. You are guaranteed success. You're just guaranteed it. 
Y'all answer this question. What are ways our friends and family can respond when we are sharing our faith with them? What are ways our friends and family can respond when we are sharing our faith with them? You might have said all kinds of different answers there. Um, but I've, I've boiled down to, um, to three different answers, to three different responses they can say. And so number one is they could say yes. They could say yes. In Luke 15, 10, it says, In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There's a party going on in heaven when someone comes to Christ. That's a win. If they say yes to Christ, it's a win. That That's easy. Number one is that they say yes. Number two is they reject Christ. And, you know, in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9, it says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. We are only to plant seeds. You know, we can only be confident that we are doing our job because only God can make it grow. So even if they reject Christ, we are still doing what we are called to do. Amen. That is a win. So number one, they say yes. Number two, they reject Christ. And number three, they reject us. Luke 6, 22 and 23 says, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. It says rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. You know, people will reject you. They will exclude you, make fun of you. Men, when this happens, it says we are blessed. We must consider this pure joy because we are storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. I mean, that, that is incredible. I love that. Man, when, when people reject us, that's a win. Man, it is a win every time we share the gospel. So remember that. When we share the gospel, it's a win, no matter what. So number one, man, sharing your faith grows you. Number two, it's a win. And number three, it's our responsibility. In Matthew 4, 19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He says he will make you fishers of men, not I might make you fishers of men. But he says that he will. He could have said anything in that gap, but he says he's going to teach us how to win people to himself. How to get into the harvest and make disciples for him, which starts with sharing the gospel with people. Like we discussed before, we cannot control what people say to us and if they will grow spiritually. Or not. But what we can control is if we share the gospel at all. We can all sow seeds. Number three on why we should share faith is because it is our responsibility. You know, you you probably came here, you probably tuned into this podcast because you want to share your faith. And you probably had someone, uh, maybe that's a friend or family member in mind. It could be your fraternity brother or, or sorority sister or your, even your mom or your dad. Take a second and, and think about that person. Picture them in your head right now. Who who you want to share the gospel with? And I want you to ask yourself, if I don't, who will? If I don't share the gospel with them, who will? Who's going to engage them spiritually if I don't? 
a guy told me this one time and and it shared it it shaped the way I viewed sharing my faith um and I want you to write it down write this down the gospel came to you because it's on its way to someone else the gospel came to you because it's it's on the way to someone else and that's the why man that's why we should share our faith that's our conviction sharing our faith can be scary and when we know that that's why it's important to cling to our why and to remember the gospel came to you because it's on the way to someone else. So as you know, I, like I said, I went to my first Kaleo. I came back to campus. I got plugged in with my Stumo movement on our campus and I ended up going to India the next summer. And at the end of um, the summer, right before school started, someone challenged me. He challenged me to share the gospel a lot this next semester, to take advantage of my junior year. I mean, I, I was fired up about it. I was on a mission. I had a goal to meet, and nothing was going to get in my way of meeting that goal. Like I said, I was I was in a fraternity, and I, I made a list of guys that I was going to share the gospel with, and I did. Let me tell you, it was incredible getting to share the gospel that much. But, man, what happened, though? is I didn't do a great job of building relationships. Like, I, you know, I was sharing the gospel a lot, but not a lot was happening. You know, the, these guys, you know, I would see in our chapter meeting, um, and I would go to lunch with them, and I would, I would just drop the hammer on them. I'd share the gospel with them, and I'd really not ever see them again. I'd kind of ask these these hard questions, these intentional questions, ask if they wanted to follow Jesus, and some would say yes, some would say no, but I would really never hear from them again. And man, I, um, you know, and that sounds horrible, but these guys were more of a checklist, a checklist box for me. Um, and through that entire year, there, there's a conclusion that I, I came to. And that is, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care if you can take them out to coffee or lunch and share a gospel illustration with them and ask them intentional questions if they don't think you actually care about them. You know, that could end up being good for you, but the majority of the time, it's just not an effective strategy. Your friends and family need to know that you really love them and have their best interests in mind. You know, people have seen our worst or people that we even hardly know. If we just tell them they need Jesus, it's just not going to go the best. We need to build relational bridges and trust points with them. We can't sometimes go straight into mowing people down with the gospel like I did. I assume if you came to this, if you tuned into this this podcast, you're you're following Jesus. And if that's the case, you've probably started to separate yourself from sin and, and to grow in your relationship with God. And so there might be some relational gaps with the people that you used to run with or the people that you want to share with who are far from God. From from when I started following Christ to now. My circle of friends who I who I spend the most time with look different. And if the same is true of you, we're going to have to build a bridge back to the people that we want to share with. We have to know and apply this term, servant evangelism. Servant evangelism. If you've never heard of that, um, it was new to me when I first heard it, But the definition is sharing the gospel with others as you love them, serve them, and put their needs above yours. And you might hear that and you might think, man, okay, I just got to love them, serve them, 
and put their needs above me. I basically just got to love people. And man, loving people is so important. But what I'm not saying is that you should do these things and not share the gospel. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we should do both. You know, will you be able to do this every time that you share the gospel? No, there'll be different times um, and opportunities that, that God gives you to share where you either don't know them or you just don't have the time to build those bridges. Example, man, I, you know, I was in my pajamas the other day, uh, vacuuming and uh, the plumber walks in my door and man, I got to engage him spiritually while he was, you know, plunging poop out of my toilet while I'm in my pajamas like that. I didn't have to build a relational bridge with him. I just kind of, I just kind of did it. And so the the same is true on an airplane. You know, you don't have time to build a bridge, a relational bridge with the guy sitting next to you. You kind of just launch into stuff. And so we're not talking airplane evangelism here. What we're talking is servant evangelism. This is an approach for the people around you, the people, really the friends and family who you can love and serve them as you share the gospel. That's, that's what we're going to talk about. And so I'm going to tell you how. Man, I'm going to tell you how to share the gospel. Um, that's why you came. Uh, and so here we go. We're going to talk about servant evangelism, four ways to apply it to your life. And number one, pray, pray often, pray often. You might hear that, but come on, like I already knew that, like that was the first point in the other breakout that I went to, like, man, praying, if I were honest, I would say praying for lost people around me has been one of the biggest helps in my ministry. It's been one of the biggest helps in our ministry. God's word even backs it up in Psalms 127. God says, if the Lord doesn't build a house, the builders labor in vain. You know, back to um, my story when I was, you know, hanging out with Bryce and I first tried to engage him spiritually. I'll never forget just feeling that feeling of helplessness when he shut me down spiritually. I was, and I felt hopeless. I felt like he's never going to be open spiritually. There's no way he would change. You might feel that before with someone that you've shared with or you've tried to share with. And the only thing I knew to do, the only thing I could cling to was praying for him. So I started praying for Bryce. And not only that, I could see God start to work in, in different ways in Bryce's life. But my heart for Bryce grew. My spiritual leader in college, he always told me this. He said, if you don't like someone or you want to share with them, pray for them. And pray for an opportunity to share with them. But let me just say this. If, if you do that, I would be careful because God always answers that prayer for me. It is crazy. Man, you might have a Bryce in your life that you're thinking about right now. Now, I want you to take a second and write down a name that you're thinking of so that you can pray for them. Man, prayer is one of our biggest resources when it comes to sharing the gospel. So number one, Pray often. Number two on applying a servant evangelism is build trust. Number two is build trust. Matthew 9, 10 says, While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Jesus was having dinner with them in their house. You know, Jesus was getting on their level. He was building a bridge with them. You know, this can look like grabbing dinner with people and, and showing them that we care for them. Y'all discuss this real quick. Think about this question. What are some ways we can build trust with our friends and families? What are some ways that we can build trust 
with our friends and families. Man, you might have thought of some different ways, have said some different ways, but man, some things that I wrote down is, man, go be with them. Go get in the sphere of whoever you want to impact. Invite them places. Spend time with them. Make memories. Man, lead around them with humility. When you do this, you begin to build bridges. You begin to build trust with people. When I was lost and I had no relationship with God, I was looking for friends. I would have never told anyone that, but man, I was craving friendships. And I'll never forget the guy who's trying to impact me for Christ continued and continued to invite me to his house on the weekends. And man, it impacted me more than he knows because it showed me that um, I can trust him. It showed me that there are friends outside of the lost world. And man, it was so attractive to me. Um, it was probably a big influence in me uh, beginning to follow in Jesus. So man, building trust with people is so important. So we have to pray often. We have to build trust. We have to show them it works. Number three is show them it works. We have to show them tangible things in our life of how our faith is real. And the people around us have to see how we live our lives. That we live out our faith. That it isn't something that we do on Sunday. Or it's not it's not something that we don't take seriously, but man, it's something that that consumes our life. Our faith is is holistically in our lives. And man, golfing is an incredible way for me to do this. And you know, what are you what are you talking about, Blake? Are you justified in going golfing? No. I mean, if you play golf, you know exactly what I mean. You hit bad shots. Probably a lot of them. If you're listening to this you and, and you play golf or you know anything about golf, you'd probably hit a lot of bad shots. And that and that's okay. But people get mad and frustrated when they're golfing. And I love going with lost guys because it's an opportunity to show them that my hope's not in golf. That my hope is in Christ and it's firm and it's not rooted um, in how good I play golf. That my joy can't be taken away. And so that just looks different from the world. This can look different for all of us though. Some some examples are, some examples of this could be choosing to be joyful even when things are hard. And joy sticks out. Self-control versus out of control. Generosity versus greed. You know, as you go back home, as you as you live among your peers or your family, man, serve them. Man, wash the dishes. Wash the cars. Run the vacuum. Do the laundry. Just clean up and serve them. Like show them the difference between you and the rest of the world. I've always heard that more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. This means the people around you who you're trying to share your faith with will most likely learn more from watching your life than learn more from you teaching them. I mean, live a curious life. You want people to be curious. Why do they share uh, their faith with us. Why do they spend an hour reading the word every day? Why do they pray um, before they eat? Man, that's that's an incredible thing to um, to do is live a curious life. Matthew five sixteen it says, "Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in in heaven." Man, let them see you live out your life and live out your faith. You have to show them it works. So number one, you have to pray. Pray often. Number two, you have to build trust. And number three, you have to show them it works. 
That brings us to number four, the last reason, the last way to apply servant evangelism is tell them why. Tell them why. Luke 8, 38, 39, Jesus just cast out a demon from a man. He tells him to go and tell how much God has done for him. To go proclaim what God had done in his life. And the same is true of us. Man, we are to go and to proclaim what God had done, has done in our life. Our lives look different. People are going to ask questions. People are going to be curious. We, and when we don't tell them why, when we don't give them reason, man, it can breed insecurity. It can be taken as a fad or maybe that you're judging people or maybe that you're a hypocrite. We, we don't know, but when you tell people why, it removes all of that. And it helps us not come across as judgmental um, or anything. When they ask, man, tell them why. Tell them why you aren't doing something or why you are doing something. Tell your fraternity brothers why you don't drink. Don't just sit in the corner of your house and, and look at people weird. Tell your mom and dad why you don't gossip anymore. Why you don't talk about people. Don't just sit back and not participate. You want to be clear. You want to remove the confusion out of the air. And the people um, you are ministering to, um, you want to clear the air on that. So, man, tell them why. Use your story. Man, use your testimony. Your testimony and how you begin to follow Jesus and what he's done for you is an incredible tool for you to share your faith with anyone. It can be personal. It's powerful. And nobody can tell you that it's wrong. You can use it anytime. 1 Peter 3 says that always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have in you. And that's exactly what your testimony does. Man, testimony can be an incredible way to share the gospel. And for the sake of this, this workshop, this podcast, I want to teach you your testimony. Man, how your testimony you can use to share your faith. My testimony is, is just like this. Man, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in a good family surrounded by uh, good people and even the church. But when you looked at my life, you noticed that it was just consumed with sports, my identity, girlfriends, um, really, you know, anything that the world is doing. And that continued throughout high school and even into college, where it just ramped up. And I was left really uh, low and really lonely. And I met a guy who began to build a friendship with me. And I remember he sent me down in our student union one day, and he shared this, this illustration with me that I'd always heard about, but I never really understood. And he told me that, man, God loved me so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life for me and to die on the cross for me. Um, he took the punishment for my sins, and he rose three days later, proving all what he did was true. And because of that, I could have a relationship with God. And so I began to pursue Jesus in a relationship with him. And my life looked completely different. I had joy and purpose. And I, I no longer found my fulfillment in other things that would leave me really, really um, hollow. And so that's my testimony. And I asked people, hey, have you ever made a decision like that? And it's an awesome way um, to share your faith with people. And so, man, if you go back to campus or your home or wherever 
you being able to share your testimony like a story will help a ton. Man, people love stories. Um, man, so I want to give you a chance to write that out at the end of this podcast. Um, you should have a format, a worksheet that you can work through um, that will help you create your testimony and allow you to be equipped to share with anyone. And so that's serving evangelism. Um, and sharing the gospel with others as you love them, serve them, and put your needs above yours. Um, I mean, I've seen this play out not only in my life, but like I said, in Bryce's life. Uh, the guy I've been talking about is, as I said earlier, you know, I tried to bring up spiritual t- stuff and, you know, he would shut it down. Uh, and you know, I started to pray for him and I could see God open up his heart some. And as I spent more time with him, uh, begin to do stuff with him. Uh, I could see I was beginning to build trust with him. You know, I would hang out with him. I, I would learn about his life. I would spend time with him. You know, I was building trust. And throughout the semester of us hanging, I got to see that, um, well, he got to see my faith was important to me and that I was serious about it. And finally, I got to tell him why. And I told him why some more and some more. And I mean, if you knew anything about Bryce, he was, man, he was lost. He was consumed by the world and consumed with anything college. What the college scene says uh, in America, that's what Bryce was doing. And somehow, uh, man, God got Bryce to Kaleo, which is our discipleship program. And through Bryce reading the word and other guys sharing the gospel with him, uh, man, we got to see Bryce surrender his life to follow Jesus. And let me, and just let me tell you, God radically changed his life because of the gospel was shared with Bryce over and over again. And God doing a work in him. Bryce is a new creation. And a guy who a few years ago was wrapped up in drugs and alcohol and lost without hope is now one of my best friends. A business guy in Conway who is leading a small group of other men at our church. And who's about to marry a godly girl in February. And just as I think about uh, my first encounter with Bryce spiritually, I just remember asking myself, um, man, as he shut me down and uh, I tried to engage him spiritually, I just remember thinking, if I don't share the gospel with Bryce, who will? Man, who will? And remember this, the gospel came to you because it was on the way to someone else. Man, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, man, you can find all the other breakout sessions on Apple and Spotify at SMC 2021.